What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. Glad to be with you on a rainy, cold, seemingly miserable, but I love weather like this. Now, the rain can stop, but I love the gray, cloudy, cold. Makes me think of football. And we're going to talk some football right here with our good pal, Andre, where we had a lot to talk about, including some college football topics we got into right at the end. Two picks for Mills as the pick parade continues. It's really unfortunate because he was so good at protecting the football for so long, and now it's going in the wrong direction. Andre Ware joins us. So you tell me, pressure up the middle, tough to stop, running game, eh, didn't happen yesterday. What do they do moving forward, my friend, going into Miami on Sunday? Yeah, I hope Miami doesn't have players like, you know, Dexter Lawrence or uh, Jonathan Allen. Deron Payne, because that's the worst kind of pressure is when you feel it as a quarterback being pushed right into your lap. And uh, and so that was the case in the last couple of games. Uh, it's tough, like I said, on, on Davis Mills when that's happening because you can, really can't see throwing lanes. You'd much rather have the pressure come off the edges where you can step up into the pocket and still see down the field or pull it down and run as Davis uh, displayed at times yesterday. Dre, what do you think is the – how do I ask this the right way? What's the most frustrating thing in your opinion on the Texans' offense right now? Offensive line. And uh, more importantly, what we were just talking about, and it's right up the middle, whether it's Scott, Scott Quisenberry getting beat, whether it's Kenyon Green being beaten, AJ, it's it's right up the middle, and as I just described, it's the worst kind of pressure. Those guys, King of Green's got to play better, because if he's not getting beat, he's being penalized. So either way, it seems like you know every other snap or every three snaps, he's costing the team field position because of penalties. He's costing them big plays because a big play will happen, and then all of a sudden he's caught holding. His game has to improve tremendously. Andre Ware joining us on Texans Monday. All right, so you have seven games left, and these are tough teams you're playing. I mean, this is a parade of tough teams coming up. They're all tough, let's be honest here, but especially the Dolphins at 7-3 and three as you head in there, and they're thinking about top seed possibilities here. Dre, what does the coaching staff need to do psychologically with this team? It's not just about the adjustments. It's about keeping these young players hanging in there because it's not like you have two or three games left. You have seven games left in the campaign. Yeah, and in a college season, you're just about over. So you're at the tail end of it where, you know, this thing is just kicking into full speed, so to speak. So you're not used to playing uh, the amount of games at the intensity of of, uh, of how the games are being played each and every week. And so as a coaching staff, you've got to figure out how to get guys to hold on to the rope and to continue to believe in what is happening, what's being – what's the, the schedule, what's being called during games, the you know, all of it because – when you get to this point, especially veteran players that have been other places that have won, they start looking like, you know, what the heck is going on here? And I know what this is supposed to look like and, you know, so on and so forth. So you got individually across the board, you got to figure out a way to keep everybody's hands locked in on the rope and, and to continue pulling. Dre, Mark asked me this earlier. He said, are we just playing this murderous row of interior players and I pointed it all out, all the different first-round picks or former first-round picks that we have yeah. faced on the interior. Jeffrey Simmons, Fletcher Cox, even Javon Hargrave was not a first-rounder, but the Eagles paid significant money to bring him in. 
uh, even Tier Tart for the Titans, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, and the two guys yesterday, Jerron Payne, Jonathan Allen. I'm going to ask you this because we probably pay more attention to him because of those guys playing as well as they have. Which guy do you think was the most impressive in that four-game stretch that we faced? Dexter Lawrence. It doesn't even take me a minute to even a second to think about it. He owned wherever he wanted to line up. When they ran games, he, he beat guys on the outside. I've never seen a guy, an interior defensive lineman, with that, that amount of quickness and that kind of uh, speed and power. And, and then be, be have a, that big of a body and be able to convert speed to power, which he already has. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Uh, he, he actually owned. Uh, yesterday was pretty Im- uh, impressive in its own right, but I, I've never seen a guy just take over a game from an, either a defensive tackle or nose tackle position. Right, Josh Allen, they beat Detroit yesterday. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes dueling it out with Justin Herbert. What a they game that win. was last night. That was a yeah. hell of a game last night. They get the win. Dre, who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? I think it's Patrick Mahomes because he's doing more with less uh, or as much with less or however you want to describe it. Whatever way you want to describe it, it's with less. And uh, we're getting ready to see the other guy next week that that yeah. made that offense really – take off and fly and and become fun to watch but uh we start to realize that he can make a lot of guys around him better he's a great decision maker and you know what <clears throat> last night you guys tell me this who called the plays in crunch time for the kansas city chiefs on the final drive mahomes because i'm gonna tell you what i think <laughs> what do you think it's not a trick it's not a trick question Everybody okay. talks about Eric Bieniemy and being this play caller, and he's, you know, he, he does this for Andy. Andy Reid was calling the plays the last drive. Okay. Andy Reid was directing things the last drive. Andy Reid was uh, encouraging his defense for one more stop late in that game. Andy Reid in crunch time takes over, and we were having that conversation of why doesn't Eric Bieniemy get a, a head coaching job? Well, that might be why, because in crunch time, it's Andy Reid making the decision. Well, it's and interesting. That's a smart thing. Well, you got to give him a ton of credit here because he's coached in multiple eras, and I know Belichick has too. But Reed he has is, great he's success. Adapted. Yeah, he's adapted in multiple eras and got coaches that get stuck in their way of doing things and won't adapt and won't change. Those are the ones that end up, you know, on uh, you know ESPN or whoever doing other stuff, insurance salesman, whatever it is that you go on to do, but you don't end up coaching much longer. You have to adapt. I credit Mac, Mac Brown for adapting, uh, even yeah. after he left Texas and now at North Carolina. Uh, he's, he's doing things a different way. If you don't adapt, you're going to be out of the game. And, uh, and, and I think Andy Reid's done one hell of a job, as good a job as anybody ever in the NFL. Speaking of adapting and accepting your circumstance and then allowing your talent to shine through let's talk about next week's quarterback we're facing Tua Tungavailoa this guy Mm. was getting hammered in Miami Mm. hammered to a point where when we played them in 2021 last year he's on the field getting ready for the game and then we find out 30 minutes later oh no he's not starting it's going to be Jacoby Brissett there was all kinds of things going on Deshaun Watson was going to Miami Tua was just a bad draft pick for the Dolphins and now we look and holy cow we got to face Tua Tungavailoa Dre, you covered him in college. We've seen him play in the NFL this year. We've seen the adjustments he makes. 
What makes Tua special? Um, I think it's just the individual first and foremost because Tua's a special dude. Tua's faith first, but he means it. I mean, you feel it uh, down to your core when you're around Tua for any significant amount of time. Um, when you, I think as well, it goes to show you what what happens when you get a coach and a staff that believes in you uh, wholeheartedly, and they have committed to Tua. Tua, you know, you guys know my affection for Tua, uh, yep. and and I don't I don't try to hide it. And everybody's bashing him, and I'm still defending because I know what kind of player he is. He's the most one of the most accurate passers I've ever seen with my eyes live. And uh, it was it was unbelievable the display he put on at that practice when he was at Alabama. And so mm-hmm. he can move when you protect him. He's 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 athletic. Uh, he can throw it anywhere. Uh, he can put it on you know in, in the small holes. He can anticipate. We're getting ready to face a monster because that monster's got two two uh, two little side buddies that uh, they they like to play together. And so it, I, I thought it was the identical matchup to give him two receivers of that caliber that mm. can play anywhere, outside, inside, on the move, stationary. Uh, he is getting ready to really blast off in Miami. And I think the first first time they've actually had a legitimate quarterback since the Dan Marino era. Well, he's got the top quarterback rating in the league if you buy into that kind of number. I do in this case because it's 10 points higher than whoever is number two and he's completing 71% of his passes. Is that any good? Only three picks on the year. Now, Dre, I want to bring up one other guy who the Texans don't face this year, but I'm fascinated by the Geno Smith story Mm. because how does this happen? How does a quarterback like Geno Smith, who was basically the NFL equivalent of left for dead, just resurrect his career, resurrect it, it's better than it ever was, in Seattle, is it a Pete Carroll thing? Is it a combination of things? How do you see it? When it's a healthy situation, and by that is what I just described in terms of a coach buying into you, and be, and it's a legitimate buy-in, that, hey, you're going to have an opportunity to win this job. We believe in you. Go win it. And he did. He did exactly that. Uh, is it the most healthy situation with the Jets? It's probably better than it was certainly when Geno Smith was there. And so then he had an opportunity to sit around a guy that made the Pro Bowl seem like, which there seems like every single year and was an all pro and how to study and, you know, tinker things with your game. And, okay, this is the approach that, that I need to take. I didn't know that when I was in New York. And you start to implement those things in your daily process. Then you get coaches believing in you. There is an air of confidence about yourself. You're coming back to the same offense for maybe what, the first, maybe the second time? in his entire career where there's a foundation in which to build on where I'm not, you know, learning the terminology over and where to go with the football when I'm being blitzed and all those things. Then your teammates see that your play is taking a tick up and they start to support you. All those things have fed into Geno Smith being who he is this year. And I don't know that I'm surprised. I just know that the healthy environment has helped his career tremendously. Dre, Zach Wilson, I asked this question, John McClain, but you've been a quarterback and you've been a quarterback through good and bad. Zach Wilson stands up yesterday in front of the New York Jets media when asked after they had registered all of two yards in the second half against the Patriots in a game they lost 10 to three. Did you let down the defense? And he immediately just said no. And he didn't follow up. He just said no. 
What level of mistake do you think that was for <laughs> Zach Wilson? Loading the question. Loading um, the question. <laughs> Zach, what you have to understand is it's 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 it's, it's kind of crazy, but he's a tremendous he's he's a confident individual, and right. so he he doesn't care what you throw at him. He's not going to back down. If he's got an opinion, he's going to state it. He's going to, you know, tell you why if you ask. But um, I think it, it's a mistake and a level of a, a, a big mistake in terms of you lose the other side of the ball with that statement because sometimes you just have to own your stuff. Even if you don't believe it wholeheartedly, is it the best answer for the group, for the team? And if right. you're thinking that way all the time, then it's an easy answer and you just, and the answer is yes, we should have produced more. I should have done more. Uh, we could have done X, Y, and Z better. But when you just say no, and you don't elaborate when you're telling the guys on the other side of the ball, you didn't really appreciate the effort that they, they displayed on, on that side yesterday. Dre, uh, let's talk about college football here for a moment. And the playoffs can't start soon enough, but we have a lot of, shuffling to do before we get there. Ohio State's got to play Michigan. We got to see what happens in the SEC championship game. You never know what's going to happen down the stretch here, and we're in the final run of the stretch. Your Don't forget first... TCU now. Don't I, leave look, TCU I, out of this thing. I watched that game, and I really enjoyed it. And TCU, you got to give them a ton of credit for being able to pull mm -hmm. one out of the fire at Baylor. I know people poo-poo Baylor. Come on, you're on the road. This is a rivalry, and they came away with a victory when they needed it most. But let me ask you this first. Who's better, and Johnny too, Ohio State or Michigan? Who's better? Ooh, we. Oh, man. Earlier in the my... year, I might have said Ohio State. Um, but the way Michigan's playing on both sides of the ball and they're able to run it, so they're not asking the quarterback to do uh, a tremendous amount, though he is keeping them in position to win week in and week out. From a talent, just a talent standpoint, I think talent-wise, it's Ohio State because you, you just got, you know, all-stars at every position, it seems like, that they're going to have, especially on the offensive side, a bunch of guys go in the first round this year. All the way down to, you know, across the board on the offensive line, they're talented there. <laughs> Defensively, uh, they went out and got Oklahoma, stole his their coach at Oklahoma State, who hadn't been the same since he left. And they are they have come around. Boy, that's a tough – it may be as evenly matched a game, certainly in the Harbaugh era at Michigan. If I had to pick – where's the game? Columbus. If I had a pick, I'm going to say Ohio State only, and I mean only because they're at home this year. I'll okay. add another only to this, and we, don't, right. we won't know this because Harbaugh won't tell us. Okay. It's going to have to leak out somewhere. But Blake Corum, star running back from Michigan, went down late in the Illinois game mm -hmm. and mm. went off with a knee. If he's not available, now Michigan can hit you with Donovan Edwards and they can do some other things, but if he's out, he at 5'8", 210 pounds, he gives yeah. them identity. So if he's out, I would I would definitely lean Ohio State. But Trey's right. If Corm is fully healthy, they're as close talent wise as they've been in a long time. Okay. Michigan's got some dudes on the defensive front I kind of want to. All right. Can LSU beat Georgia? No. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Johnny? You don't give Brian Kelly any credit at all. No, I'm just kidding. No. LSU yeah, they can't win beat... that game. They no, can't win listen... that game, man. 
That might be a route. I mean, it may be the most one-sided SEC championship game that we've seen in the last 20 years. That's why you play the game. Yeah, that could get ugly, too. I I don't (laughs) – I don't discredit uh, LSU's effort. They're going to show up and play hard, and I think early it could be a game. But once Georgia gets rolling, uh, it's going to roll for a minute. In that game, A, the best player on the field might be a true freshman from right here in Houston, Harold Perkins, the outside linebacker for LSU. He's an absolute dude. B, we got beat by Washington. We got beat by Tennessee. Not only we get beat, we got beat the you-know-what up. That's Georgia in college form. That defense, yeah. it doesn't matter who yeah. they have. Their thought process is, we're going to dominate you, step on your throat, and put a cleat through your helmet. That's the way Washington thought about us yesterday. That's the way Tennessee thought of us. That's the way they play on that side of the ball. That's the way Georgia plays. They got some bad alphas on that side of the ball. Dre, where do you think Stetson Bennett, the Georgia quarterback, gets drafted, and how good can he be at the NFL level? Does he get kind of slighted because he's playing for such an outstanding team that has talent all the way around? I think he can have, like, a Greg McElroy type of career where he's somewhere for as a back. You know, you go in and someone's drafting him to, to develop as a backup, and, he, you know, he's smart. He's going to learn the system. Um, he could certainly do what uh, Chase Daniels doing for a long time, and that's almost who I would compare him to. Um, but, you know, in this day and age, Tom, I don't know. He's still doing it. He's been doing it for a long time. So I, I look at Stetson in the NFL as more so of a backup than I do uh, any, even having an opportunity, a true opportunity to be a starter. You see Chase Daniel last night in a late huddle with <laughs> Herbert. I'm just he's still, it. He's still collecting. I'm just thinking a like two hey, comma like, paycheck. Hey, Whatever you guys want to talk right, about is fine. Uh, older mentor told me he's Jesse without a gun. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I mean, it, here, now Stetson's been through it now. I mean, he, he went, used to tell me that all the time. At least Jesse used a gun when yeah. he was robbing. <laughs> Here's the other thing about Stetson too: he can do can run. Stetson can I run. I bet if Stetson goes to the combine, he's four four. He can flut. Yes. Oh wow! Okay. I, didn't know, I didn't know he could pick him up and put him down yeah, like he can, that. He can run. He can absolutely fly. Now, the throw it always says, "Well, no, he's got a pretty good arm, but he can run." So. There's something that's Andy Reid will get him and turn him into like a weapon X tight end running He'll back wide receiver Daniel. hybrid. Yeah. He'll turn him into Chase Daniel. He had Chase Daniel in Kansas City for a little while. Okay, Dre, if the season ended today, and this is purely hypothetical, just us talking, nobody's listening. You have the number one and number seven pick if the season ended today. Care to share mm-hmm. what you're thinking with those two selections? And you can't trade them, Dre. You didn't Don't ask me that. You didn't allow me number to get one, into that. Johnny, I got all one and time. seven. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, one, one and seven. seven. Mm-hmm. I need I need players. I need to fill out this roster. I'm trading back. Whoever wants uh, I number told one, you, come, I come took get that it. off the table. No you trade. Can't. You can't. <laughs> you can't because the guy I want, you wouldn't take number one overall because of his injury history. Uh, we know what he wants. But you know well, what I want? I would trade back yeah. as far as I can get, and I'm I'm yeah. going to get Penix, and then I'm going to draft another one. In a few in a few rounds later, so it'll be RG three, uh, Kirk Cousins with the, with the Redskins at the time, who they were mm-hmm. called. They did. They drafted two. I'm the I'm first, all right the with that. First round and the fourth round, and I'm gonna go but, get two of them, and I'm developing. And you know, fans, hey, you gotta understand, we're developing a quarterback right now. But or Dre, two quarterbacks. Panics. I got a feeling that once you get into the poking, prodding, pre combine, post combine, all of it, part of the year. 
I bet Penix moves up everybody's board, at least the pundits and maybe the teams themselves. Well, the fact that he made it through a season healthy is yeah, and then and then yeah. Penix going well, seven. I mean, I still got my fingers crossed that he makes it through, but he's got probably two, maybe three games left to yeah. uh, to finish that. Well, ahead, we'll, see, ahead, we'll see how it goes. But I got a feeling that taking him in seventh wouldn't be the craziest thing in the world. I mean, my gosh, if he's the second quarterback on everybody's board or the third even, he, top I ten. Think I, I mean, said this. Yeah, I think I've said it almost every week. He is the best passer in all of college football. I don't want to okay. hear Hendon Hooker. I don't want to hear about Bryce Young. I don't want to hear about C.J. Stroud. He may be the closest in terms of arm talent. Will Levis, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about any of those guys. My mind is made up. I've seen it with my own eyes twice this year, and it's unbelievable. I've watched who? film on him numerous amounts of times. Nobody makes the- throws like Penix. I know you love him. And, look, he. I've watched him, too, and I've watched you call But, I mean, Bryce Young, games. though. <laughs> All right, here we I go. Lo- I like well, Bryce- look, it'll be a big well, debate if we Dre, get to that. Dre mentioned Hendon Hooker. And Hendon Hooker, Got unfortunately, hurt. against South Carolina, tore his ACL. So, yeah. and yeah, Hendon Hooker's right. 24 already. He's going to drop. So now he's in. Re- you know what? Take him in the fifth round. That's ex- yeah. Bang. Now you're there thinking. You now there you're you thinking. There's my theory right there. Penix in the first Didn't or suck- second, and Hendon Hooker in Wait, the fifth. Or Mills lights go. it up in the last seven games. Hey, <laughs> then you're not going to be one in seven. Then you're, you're not, not going to oh, be one in oh, seven. Oh, with you're those- not going to get the number one overall pick Unless it's Cleveland taking one in seven. Darn it. You'll be way on down. Dre, what do you have this week? Oh, I got a good one this week. I'm going to – it's kind of a precursor to the uh, American championship game. Whoever wins is in at Cincinnati and Tulane. Tulane went to uh, – they, they just recently beat the brakes off SMU, who I thought mm-hmm. was just flying high after scoring 77, I think, against the Cougars a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, they, they're riding high. Um, Cincinnati is playing as well as they have all season long, so that's going to be a good one to uh, to kind of wrap up the uh, the American season. So that it, I'm really really looking forward to it, and my second trip back to to Cincinnati in a couple of weeks. Sounds good, Dre. Thanks a lot for being with us. Look forward to the Dolphins game on Sunday. All right, buddy. Because we'll see you guys uh, down in Miami. That we will, Dre. That we will. We'll see you down in MIA. Coming up, let's hear from the general. He had some thoughts, and he's arguing with Sean Pendergast about something. What was it? We'll touch on that next on Texans All Access. Welcome back to the Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter for your Houston Texans, and I want to give a huge shout-out to all our fans out there today. But i got to give some props to today's biggest fan. That's Daikin, D-A-I-K-I-N. These guys are doing big things in Houston. As the world's number one indoor comfort provider, Daikin is committed to perfecting the air that connects us all. From comfort and convenience to air quality, Daikin's innovations are changing how people enjoy the indoors as they lead the way to a more sustainable future, reducing our carbon emissions to net zero by 2050. Learn more at Daikin. LovesHouston.com. And Houston loves them some John McClain. And he joined us to talk about what's going on with these Texans and a number of other things we had in the Thanksgiving week. Here's the general with Mark and I. Second and 10 from the Houston 32. Mills in the gun. Pierce to his left. Davis gets the snap. Fires right sideline. It's picked off. Fuller, 30, 25. Down the sideline he goes. He's going to score. Pick six, Davis Mills. All right, we just heard that in the promo, too. So twice, it, it bang, didn't go bang. down any better the second time. As yeah, I was that dead was, after the first one. 
second play from scrimmage, and you know it's bad when I reach for other painful moments in Texans history, and I thought, that Schaub pick six on the Sunday nighter in 2013 at San Francisco, was mm-hmm. that the opening play? Now, the Texans had the ball first in that game, and it was the third play of the game, not the second play for the offense. But the Texans had the ball first as opposed to this game where the defense was on the field first and got the three and out. So there's that. Mm-hmm. Painful both ways. Let's get to John McClain, the general, SportsRadio610.com. I saw his report card. It was not glowing. And that's uh, being sarcastic. And he's also with gallerysports.com. Good morning, General. All right, so Johnny and I began the show. If the season ended today, because we can't do that in a playoff push format, but we can do it in a number one and number seven. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. And um, I'll tell you what, that first half offensively was maybe the worst I've ever seen since I've been covering the NFL. And... um, and I felt bad for the defense because the defense gave up one touchdown. Usually you give up one touchdown. You ought to be in a game. You ought to have a chance to win a game. And it was interesting because until the last Washington series when Ron Rivera was just running out the clock, the defense had only given up 115 yards rushing. That's amazing for this defense. That's the worst in the NFL and the worst in team history against the run. And I thought the decent defense deserved a better fate. But the offense, man, oh, man, I just – i they've got more talent on that side of the ball. Poor, poor old Kenyon Green, his last two games, you know, you wonder at what point does it destroy his confidence to continually get destroyed like that by these great inside uh, pass rushers he's going against. And uh, and Mills, too, you know, and I just, you know, I don't know what the answer is, but man, it's uh, it's it's bleak. But the best thing that happened yesterday, the Browns lost again and they host the Buccaneers, which means they enhance the first round pick that the Texans get. And uh, and uh, that's that's about the best thing I can say. Oh, the Texans were four or four on fourth down. Yeah, both teams were six of six on fourth down combined. Wow. Terrible All six on third, fourth down good on fourth. I feel great now. Yeah, I, yeah, I figured you would. <laughs> All right, John, let's, uh, let's get right to it. Obviously, it was a talking point after the game. Quarterback situation, going to Miami, what would you do? I, I Several times I've advocate, advocated during games when the offense looks so pathetic is, is replacing Mills with Kyle Allen. I think that Mills – needs a seat on the bench. I think it's like last year when he struggled as a rookie. They let him go to the bench when Tyrod Taylor was healthy. Then Tyrod didn't play the way he did before he was injured, and they put Mills back in. He was a different quarterback. Now, that was with Tim Kelly calling the plays and overseeing the offense. And it looks to me like Mills right now, he's pressing. He's When he has time, he's not, he's, he's not hitting – open receivers and some of those receivers are not getting open and he has very little time, you know, yesterday that, that play was at Jonathan Allen who drove, who drove um, uh, Kenyon green back into mills for a sack. And he looked like he's on skates. It just, it was unbelievable. And so he doesn't have time, but when he does, you can tell he's worried about a rush. And I don't blame him. And it's, it's interesting. Uh, 
You know, they had five sacks all by first-round picks, and Chase Young wasn't even activated. I'm sure Ron Rivera knew they didn't need him in that game, but that defensive line is playing. uh, The people from Washington said the way they hoped they would when they used those first-round picks on them, and it's only happened in this stretch in which Washington is 4-1 and with Taylor Heineke back, and uh, they're – they're not going to win that division. They're probably not going to make the playoffs, but, man, oh, man, they they were powerful. They reminded me of the old NFC East teams that relied on defense and the running game and quarterbacks who managed the game. Overall, it's been a good year for the NFC East so far. we got a long way to go. General, what were you and Sean arguing about on your Utopia podcast? He was teasing it that in the first few minutes you guys had a little debate, so give us a little taste. Um, I guess it's on because I've said I don't think Lovey Smith will be fired and they'll have back to back one and done coaches. I think they'll be bringing in a coordinator from outside the organization. I think they'll have a new offensive coordinator and play caller. And and I can't imagine wanting to bring in a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, putting him in this offense and I just don't think they'll do that and and that would be three coaches in three years Romeo is the interim coach David Culley fired one and done Lovey Smith fired one and done I think they're more likely to make big changes now if they continue to have halves like they had on the first half you know Lovey's ultimately responsible even though Pep Hamilton runs the offense Pep hired the coaches Pep makes the calls, decides who's coming in. But right now, this offense, I can't remember a worst one in Texans history. And I saw some bad ones with the Texans, I mean the Oilers. And I can't remember Oilers offenses that at this point of the year were still playing the way they have and can't put together two halves. I mean, it's an offense that has four first-round picks on it in this one. So uh, hopefully it gets turned around. John, I'll ask you a question about Zach Wilson, New York Jets. I just happened to – I saw this last night, and I just happened to watch the video because you can read his lips and read the word no. He was asked yesterday, and I think this applies to all teams, including the Texans, when a quarterback goes up to the podium and he is asked when a team generates two yards in the second half and they lose a game on essentially a walk-off punt return by Houston Cougar mm. Marcus Jones, he was asked – Did you let the defense down? And without missing a beat, Zach Wilson went no. How do you think that's going to be perceived in the locker room? And in a situation like that, how should quarterbacks handle a question of that magnitude? I know how I would handle it, and that is, heck yeah, we let them down. Absolutely. I would say it's a team game, and we let everybody down. I mean, yeah. that, that's we have to do better than that. It, don't make it offense versus defense because they're going to have bad days and right. you're going to have good days and that kind of thing. General? General? He knows he let the team down. He should have said it. Quarterbacks should always take the blame. They make the most money. Yeah. They get the most publicity. I remember Warren Moon would throw some interceptions that bounced off guys' hands or ricocheted off their – chest and and he would always take the blame and you know receivers how much they appreciate that they know when they screwed up now i can't imagine zach wilson really thinks that he may have said in the the locker room guys i was awful i've been awful i apologize i'll work hard i'll get better but i think he was very defiant 
And when you do that, you're just asking for more criticism. He should have said, yes, I let the team down. I was terrible. I'll do better. You say what, whether you believe it or not, you've got to say what people want to hear, but mainly your teammates need to hear about you. And Zach Wilson is playing really bad this year. And, uh, and he's getting killed. You know, he's in New York and he's getting killed. Davis Mills thinks he's getting a lot of negative publicity here, and he is. But, you know, he's got one newspaper, the Chronicle, up there. They've got multiple. And if you can't handle that kind of criticism, then you're doomed. And, uh, you know, Robert Sala can't say what how he described it, dog bleep, which was about as honest as you could get. Can you imagine Lovey Smith saying that? And uh, but it but yes, he mishandled it. Sometimes quarterbacks do. Sometimes people wonder why do players and coaches not say the truth? Well, could they love to say the truth? You know, the Texans' problem begins with their lack of talent. They were pegged as the worst team in the league. They were one of the worst last year. I thought they'd be better. I thought that I picked them to win six games. I had no idea they'd be worse last year. And the key starts with Pep Hamilton and Davis Mills in this offense. Mills has regressed something terribly, and I think they need to put Kyle Allen out there just to see what he can do. Because right now, people, it's going to get worse on Mills unless he turns it around. I haven't seen any indication that this passing game, it's not the running game, it's the passing game. And they're going to continue to get these kind of fronts to shut down Damian Pierce and try to make Mills beat you, and he's been there now, but unable to do it. Yeah, Lovey was clear after the game. Team game, protection, running game, all that. We'll see how they handle it. General Colts losing by a point to the Eagles at home. Should they fire Jeff Saturday? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but what'd you make Somebody of that? Somebody may, if it calls may hire him full time. They came so close. You know, having Jonathan Taylor back and having Matt Ryan back in the lineup, which Jim Irsay would not do. For Frank Reich, it's almost like he wanted a reason to fire Frank Reich and had been looking for it since that Jacksonville game at the end of last season that they mm-hmm. lost that kept them out of the playoffs. And so uh, they're playing well under Saturday. Players are fired up. Fans are fired up. Media's fired up. But a couple more losses, that fire is going to be doused. General, the Cowboys went to Minnesota and Oof. absolutely housed the Vikings and the Vikings coming off a win uh, at Buffalo that was extremely emotional. It went in overtime as well. Uh, maybe the the Vikings were ripe for the pickings. I don't know, but what does this tell us about the Cowboys? And maybe better yet, what does it tell us about the Vikings? It tells us about the the Vikings that uh, well, we're gonna know. We'll need another game. You know, were they the team that went in at the great victory at Buffalo, or the team that came home? flat as you know as you could be that was the most lopsided dallas road win in history that's strange that it was and it came against a team that had one loss and right now cowboy fans are patting their chest we're going to the super bowl because they're just as likely to turn around and blow one but they're playing the giants on thanksgiving the giants get beat by the lions who've won three in a row for the first time since 2017 and and uh, that's one of the things that makes the NFL fun is when you see teams do what Dan Campbell's done. You see what uh, they've done with the Giants and, and Jeff Saturday when the underdogs step up and they're better than people thought. But, you know, it's what they do in November, December, and January now 
that sets everybody apart. And uh, Minnesota's going to win that division because the Packers are awful. But, boy, if, I'm, if I am their fans and I think about, the, yeah, they get in the playoffs, but they're capable of this, maybe they'll bounce back from it and win big in the next one. But, boy, that was humiliating for them. Let me ask you this, General, one quick one on the way out here. The Titans with their victory at Green Bay, very nice for them. If they have another playoff appearance and Tannehill doesn't play well or they just can't get over the top and they pinpointed on the quarterback, they did draft Malik Willis. Do you think they're looking for a quarterback in the offseason, possibly having uh, Willis in their building and be, maybe knowing what they have or feeling like they know as opposed to waiting for him to develop? What do you think? They've proved they can win without a great quarterback, with an efficient quarterback who doesn't turn it over and can use the play action. But they got to worry about, okay, Derrick Henry continues to take this pounding. How long can we do it? So I don't think they'd be the team, type of team to trade up and get a quarterback. But, boy, uh, Willis was a third-round pick, bottom of the third round. I think they may think he's, he's what they want for that because – Tannehill, I, he's $39 million against the cap. I think they look for a quarterback. Tennessee's winning a lot of games, but, boy, they got a decision to make. There's no doubt about that. And the general just laid that out right there at the end. It's going to be interesting whether they believe in Malik Willis, whether they've got a draft one in the first round. We'll see what the Titans do and, obviously, what the Texans will do at that position and all other positions heading forward. All right, we get back. A quick run around the NFL. Watch this. It's going to be fun. We're going to highlight every single game. There were some good ones yesterday in the NFL. We'll do that next right here at Texans All Access. We got one final segment of this edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I'm your host, John Harris, football analyst, sideline reporter. And it's time to look back at week 11 in the NFL. But first, United States. 1-1 draw with the Wales, with the Wales, with Wales in the World Cup. So I definitely had to start there. Uh, dang it. Had a 1-0 lead for a long time. And then Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale. Dang it. Gareth Bale. All right. Uh, but a draw. We'll take it. Take it to start. It's improvement. It's a young World Cup team. So we'll see what they end up doing. All right. Let's get to the games on Sunday and what a weekend it was as per usual before 49ers Cardinals. You hear that right here on Sports Radio 610 when we finish. So get my music and let's go. Falcons took on the Bears in Atlanta and these Falcons find ways to win. A young way coup 53-yard field goal with a minute 47 left gave the Falcons a 27-24 win Justin Fields threw for 153, ran for 85, but he left on a cart kind of dealing with the left shoulder issue. Marcus Mariota did just enough to get the Falcons a win, but Kyle Pitts, dynamic tight end receiver type for the Falcons, went out with an injury. It looks like he's going to have an MCL injury and be out for a while. The Bears fall to 3-8. and eight. Falcons move to 5-6. and six. The Bills and Browns invaded Detroit, and the Bills got out of all that snow the Browns got up there thinking, we got this. They went up 10-3 early. Then it was the Buffalo Bills show for the rest of the day. Tyler Bass hit one, two, three, four, five field goals in a 31-23 win. The Browns' final score coming with just 19 seconds left as Josh Allen leads the Bills to a win. Didn't do a ton. In fact, Josh Allen only threw for 197. Kobe Set threw for 324 and three touchdowns. 
but it's the Bills that come out on top yet again. The Cleveland Browns fall to 3-7. and seven. Yay! Bills move to 7-3. and three. Boy, that AFC East is tough. Eagles and Colts. Colts had a lead into the fourth quarter, 13-3. to three. Then they moved it to 16-10, to 10, but they left just enough time for Jalen Hurts. 190 through the air, 86 on the ground, one touchdown each way. Eagles win. They move to 9-1. The Colts fall to 4-6-1, 1-1 with Jeff Saturday as the head coach. AFC East battle. Jets taking on the Patriots. Marcus Jones, you've heard that name before, Houston Cougar fans. 84-yard punt return with five seconds in the game to give the Patriots a 10-3 win. Both teams move to 6-4. And, and by the way, the Jets, two yards of offense in the second half. Yikes. Saints took on the Rams. The Saints got themselves a win as Andy Dalton got it done against Matt Stafford. Now, Stafford ended up leaving this game, and that cost the Rams pretty bigly. Pretty bigly. Pretty big. Pretty bigly. I like pretty bigly. Matt Gay's field goal with six seconds left, forced an outside kick, but it wasn't enough. Andy Dalton throws three touchdowns. Chris Olave catches one and goes for over a hundy. But Stafford left the game, and the Rams fall to three and seven. But the Rams have got all his first drop. Oh, maybe not. Saints move to four and seven. The Lions have won three in a row. I told you. I told McLean, and I told Vandermeer, I told Mark and John that this was going to happen. The, the Lions were good. They're very good, and they beat the Giants in New York 31-18. to And by the way, it was 24-6 to going into the fourth quarter. Lions finish it. Jared Goff, only 165 yards passing, but Jamal Williams gets in the end zone twice, three times, and that was what stretched the lead. Aiden Hutchinson had a pick. He's playing well. Lions move to 4-6. and six. Giants fall to 7-3. and three. Panthers and Ravens, for a long time, this was 3-3. Three to three. But in the fourth quarter, Lamar Jackson scored after a Justin Tucker field goal. And the Ravens win 13-3. Baltimore moves to 7-3. Carolina falls to 3-8. Lamar, 209 yards through the air, did throw a pick. But Demarcus Robinson with 128 receiving yards and Baker Mayfield's career, probably dead at this point. The Raiders get a Devontae Adams touchdown to win it 22-16. Raiders have three wins this year, two of them over the Broncos. Denver falls to 3-7, both teams 3-7 at this point. The biggest blowout of the day, the Dallas Cowboys went to Minnesota and scold all over them. 40-3. I mean, what? What happened? Beatdown. Tony Pollard, 80 yards rushing, 109 yards receiving, and two touchdowns. Cowboys moved to 7-3. and three. Bengals outlasted the Steelers, and the Chiefs did it again with Patrick Mahomes. 30-27, to 27, late game touchdown from Mahomes to Kelsey, and that's that. That's the show. That's the week in the NFL. That's it for me and for us, and we appreciate you being here. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody, and as always, go Texans.